Oops. What's <laughs> up, everybody? Fuck that up already. I am one of your hosts of Around the NBA, NBA with Trey. I am Jeff Morton. This is episode three of this little experiment we've got going here to talk about the NBA. With me, as always, is the namesake of this podcast, uh, my good friend, Trey Mitchell. Hello, sir. It's It's nice having a name that rhymes with things. You know, like I just realized that after you said the title of the show. Also, I like how the uh, intro music for this feels like post Roger Waters Pink Floyd. It's kind of like very sassy David uh, uh, Gilmore led Pink Floyd, which I am not a huge fan of, honestly, <laughs> even though I love Pink Floyd. But um, yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about Doc Rivers as um, <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks now. Well, let's uh, let's get into this because I I'm I we we've we've actually casually spoken about this, but um, obviously the big news of the last two days was the Milwaukee Bucks fired Adrian Griffin, uh, who had a thirty and thirteen record as of his firing, and there was a lot of reasons he was fired, but we'll get into that. And uh, today it was announced that uh, Doc uh, Rivers or as I like to call him, Rock Divers, was uh, hired by, somehow, gets... Keep, Glenn is his name, right? Glenn Rivers keeps getting work. Somehow he keeps getting work. <laughs> and uh, so let's just talk about it. So what are your th initial thoughts on the whole thing? So I have been an avid Milwaukee Bucks hater this year. Uh, that does not stem from anything of a, like disdain for the team or anything. I just... Uh, well, you know, I've kind of rooted against Dame for a long time, so maybe that has like carried over a little bit in Milwaukee. But um, it's really just been I've watched them, and I think they suck. Like, I've thought this whole season that they sucked. Uh, last night I watched them, or, yeah, I think it was last night, I watched them struggle, really, really struggle until like the last two minutes to beat a Cade Cunningham-less uh, Detroit Pistons team. Yeah. And there was just no flow to their offense. Uh, it was it was just terrible. It was just a terrible uh, team to watch, and I thought their defense was trash, their offense was trash. If both of those things suck, you're not doing well. I know they were 13 13, but that's a team that will lose to probably an eighth seed in the playoffs, um, just like they did last year, honestly. So I think that firing Adrian Griffin was probably the right move for them. Uh, I don't know about hiring Doc Rivers just because. It seems like he is much more of a name than a um, someone who's actually qualified for that job at this point. I mean, Doc Rivers has coached, I think I saw on Twitter, he's coached half of the top 75 players of all time have been on his teams. Um, and he has that one championship in, what, 2008, uh, yeah. when George Bush was still president at that point to, um, you know, have that as a badge of honor. But um I don't know. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it'll work this time. It didn't work with Philly, really. It didn't work with the Clippers. Like, they were good, but it never really mm -hmm. got over that hump. Um, I think when when there's adversity with Doc Rivers' teams, they don't really change much. My favorite clip that's been going around Twitter is Doc Rivers just saying, come on, guys, come on. And it's just really funny. Um, I'm sure that there was more to that than just him saying, come on, but it's a funny four second clip. So <laughs> while I'm not necessarily buying the bucks now, probably better than what they had with Adrian Griffin. I don't think Griffin was 
ready to be a coach, a head coach, probably. Uh, it seemed like Right. they wanted Nick Nurse from everything, and it, Giannis for whatever reason did not like him. Um, and we've seen what that guy has been doing with Philly, who all year I think I've been a big fan of what they, like how they play and stuff. So um, for me to give compliments to the 76ers, I
for dopamine, I guess. Uh, and so I would watch the Bucks a lot, and uh, it was rough. He, I mean, he his shooting has not been great this year. Uh, someone we're going to be talking about, Terry Rozier, has had a better year than him in many categories. Uh, I, I think a lot of that is Mickey Mouse numbers, you know, inflated stuff when you're just on the Charlotte Hornets. But um, Good player, bad team. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, although I am a diehard Lamella uh, Ball fan, so maybe huh. I shouldn't be saying that. Another guy I have on my fans team, but um, no, I I you know on one hand I think that they were smart to get rid of Adrian Griffin, although I think this is the fastest. I guess David Blatt too. Mm -hmm. Which was fired faster? Uh, around the same time, David Blatt was yeah. fired. Uh, I yeah. think. I think the it, it was it was like within days of what this that was. was uh, that was such a bad. Like I remember when that happened. He was hired before LeBron signed. I think right. Uh, but he right. wasn't LeBron's guy. I think he didn't he coach the last year without them, and then he uh, without LeBron before he came over. Then he coached that fourteen I'm fifteen not even, year. I don't remember, but yeah, yeah that, that that's the last time I can remember someone getting fired that quickly. But um, yeah, yeah I I like I said I told you before we started. I'm going to the, to the Nuggets Bucks game uh, in two weeks. So uh, yeah. yeah, I can give a live report how. Doc Rivers is <laughs> sitting pretty high up though. So I don't know if I can hear him, but um, although I could probably hear his voice, uh, you know, to try to get, you know, the Doc Rivers. You know, the going. funny thing about this is I've actually enjoyed him calling games as much as like we make yeah, fun of good. his voice and stuff. He's been good. He's been good calling games. He's insightful and well-spoken and stuff. So it's kind of weird that he's back coaching that quickly. Cause I felt like he enjoyed not doing that. So uh, and I, I also think it's funny. He's back in the NBA before his son is. So, you know, you know, it's funny. You know, who else was that's not slander? I love Austin. You know, it was good on the the color on the analyst on the ABC broadcast was George Carl, believe it or not, too. Really? <laughs> George was really good. Um, I think, you know, it's it's funny. They uh, Doc, as good as he as good as he can be, has always been let down by the fact that he he's uncreative. He has very, he is, he, I don't even think he has stubborn principles. He's just not what you would call a creative coach. And he, a lot of the late Clippers teams uh, uh, suffered from like no sort of um, like ability to like to add a timeout things. And uh, he just got stale and he really needs a heavy, like a really take charge point guard sometimes like Chris Paul uh, like Rajon Rondo was in Boston. And he, and one of the things that I don't know about with this is does he have a take charge point guard? Because that, is that really Damian Lillard? Is that a guy who's going to organize you? That's what I worry about. Cause he kind of needs a guy to have him basically be the general on the court for anything for doc rivers to work. At least in my mind. I just don't trust Doc as someone who, like, when adversity hits in the playoffs, makes adjustments and uh, does things to put his teams in winning situations. I mean, as a Nuggets fan, I remember the Nuggets beating him in the uh, Western Conference semifinals in 2020 and just how how that Clippers team really didn't change anything. Uh, I mean, they were still playing Montrezl Harrell huge minutes when it was clear that he was not someone that could go against uh, Jokic. And um, that was just such a such a horrible collapse. And last year with the Sixers, I mean, they were up three two, right? 
Mm-hmm. I'm not forgetting that. They were up 3-2, and to lose the next two games is just it, like the word that I described the Bucks when they hired Doc Rivers was unserious. Like they're an unserious team. Right. I don't think it's going to go well with him. I think Giannis, like he just signed that extension. That doesn't mean anything. He could one out again. And um, ultimately, I think I would like to see Damian Lillard and Giannis succeed. Uh, they're a small market team. They're the only team near me that's worth a, a damn to go see. Uh, although Kobe White is fun. That's that's what I will say about the Chicago Bulls. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I slight upgrade, I guess. But um, the Bucks, there's something wrong with with that team right now. Uh, with with Adrian Griffin, there was, and I see that they, like, they're trying to get uh, Dejounte Murray, and it's like. Yeah, man. What are you going to do? Trade Pat Hommington straight up for DeJounte Murray and a 2036 second round pick because you've traded five second round picks for Jay Crowder, who sucks. Well, they have nothing to give for any trade. They, they, they have they, nothing. They have, nothing. They have no draft picks. They don't even have second round draft picks. <laughs> right. Then there's nothing. The, the cupboard they is traded there. five, five second round picks, yep. which like, I don't know all the protections, whatever on a second round pick, because that's just silly. Mm-hmm. But I mean, second round picks have value, especially. I guess it doesn't change the value, but but the NBA changing their television um, schedule to have day two be the second round. I personally love that. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, we all make we we all make fun of the Taco Bell commercial, but for Jokic. But I mean, how many guys? It's cool to get drafted in the second round. There's a lot of a lot of great players. I think Fred Van Fleet was was a second round pick. Um, a lot of great players in the NBA that are worth having that moment so right no i mean everyone i mean everyone sees the second round as the assistant commissioner getting out there and awkwardly reading names he can't pronounce i mean that's mark mark tatum right that's mark his name. Tatum. yeah yeah that's, that's it's what it is uh so we're gonna cut this uh when uh, this first segment of the story we did probably don't need to devote 20 minutes on the bucks but um i just wanted to get our thoughts on this i, I think the bucks are still the second or third best team in the east i disagree really what, what would you say i think boston's one i think philly's two and i think miami's three Ooh. i have been very high on miami all year um they were my third favorite team in the east before they got terry rosier which was i know we we're going to talk about um so maybe that's a good segue to the yes, it, that is, next it, segment that's a that is an excellent segue Trey, it's it's, been it's doing like this professional yeah nine oh my god i've been doing podcasts for nine years Wow. God. I remember 2015, I had a Star Wars podcast. I uh, did not know what I was doing, but it was okay. <laughs> had, had, had fun. Yeah, I forgot about that. All right. So uh, before I get to the uh, second half of the podcast, uh, I'm going to talk about talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th, and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown. Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at bfwcolorado.com. It's a great place in Denver to enjoy the wine. I know right now is dry January, so a lot of people are not drinking, and I don't blame them. Uh, I am I am one of those, but if you uh, are, we're almost at the end of January, so at the beginning of February, if you're wanting to go down to the Dairy Block, if you're in Denver, and enjoy yourself some wine, uh, they really are the best place in Denver to do it. They're uh, the the vibes there are my uh, are impeccable, as someone would say. Really, truly, a great place to go to enjoy the best uh, reds, the best whites, 
the best, uh, uh, you know, blends, Rieslings, with partnerships with Western Slope wineries, uh, all of those. They just really have what it takes to have the best experience in Colorado. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block there. Always online at bfwcolorado.com. They're on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. When you go in or talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent the... So there was a big trade, well, two big trades. And the first one we're going to talk about is the most recent one. Um, excuse me, I need a cough button. Um, the Miami Heat acquired Terry Rozier from the uh, Charlotte Hornets for uh, Kyle Lowry and a couple picks. Am I am I remembering that correctly? It was one, uh, I think, 2026 first round pick. Okay. So... I think the heat came out looking like a fucking rose in this. I, I, I honestly, uh, that's the, probably the best they could have done considering they were all well rumored to be all in on the Damian Lillard thing. But you know what? Sometimes it is better to not do more than you need to do. And I'll be honest with you. Terry Rozier is going to help that team out quite a bit more on my view than Damian Lillard is now because he gives them that he maintains their identity. I guess that's the best way uh, you could put that. And he's a better player than Kyle Lowry is at this point in time. So what are your thoughts, man? Terry Rozier is someone who, yeah, we've said this season. I mean, he's been on the Hornets. It's tough to like really grasp how much, like how efficient that player has been because he's been, a lot of his stats have been without uh, uh, Lamella Ball playing because Lamella Ball, like everyone in that family, keeps getting injured. So uh, wear ankle braces, man. So um, him going to Miami, Terry Terry Rozier is, I believe, six one with a six eight wingspan. And if that doesn't scream Miami Heat <laughs> or Denver Nuggets for that matter, um, I don't know what does. Like he's going to be someone who, whether he starts, I, I think he'll start. He didn't start tonight, but. Um, I think he'll start. Uh, it's just someone who I think they're going to maximize every amount of talent from him. It's like very funny to go from Charlotte to uh, Miami just in terms of the culture. And I feel like the seriousness of those two organizations. So uh, when Nuggets played Miami last year, I mean, Kyle Lowry was getting a lot of run. Kyle Lowry and Gabe, Vis uh, Gabe v Vincent, who both of those players really are nothing this season. Gabe Vincent hasn't played, I think, all year. And right. Kyle Lowry is someone who uh just seems long in the tooth and doesn't really have it that much anymore he'll eventually be on the buyout market probably but teams like the nuggets Suns, bucks can't get him because he his salary exceeds the amount that you can be for like a tax-paying team so mm -hmm. um i don't think i don't think his his, his years are really I think his years are behind him but terry rosier in miami i like it a lot i mean they're starting starting line of rosier uh where they put it or uh yeah tyler i forgot about tyler he was existence uh rozier hero pretty pretty decent backcourt um jimmy butler bam and then whether it's hawkes or like highsmith um i think they're better than, than they were last year for sure and they were a very tricky team for a lot of teams last year so um i really like that trade for them 
and uh, I was high for them. I was high on them already, mm -hmm. and making this move, I think, kind of puts them uh, really with the 76ers to me as the second best team in the Eastern Conference. I think Boston still is the best, although that Nuggets Celtics game really proved to me uh, basically what I've we've seen this whole Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown era is just that when the times get tough, they start shooting, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. not a lot of like motion offense or anything. It's just Jason Tatum step back threes. And um, that's a whole nother podcast, my opinion on Jason Tatum, <laughs> right. but uh, yeah. So I really, I really like it from Miami. I love watching them this year. Uh, Jaime Hawkins has been a player that, I think people who like watching the Nuggets like watching him because mm -hmm. he does a lot of the same things as Nikola Jokic does in terms of uh, pick and roll ball handler, someone who will bring the ball up, someone who is a really good passer and is really above their above their age in terms of their uh, basketball IQ. He's someone who uh, really reads the court well and just does a lot of really good things for winning, kind of like Christian Brown did for the Nuggets last year. Not so much this year, but. Hawkins is a lot better than Christian Brown was last year. So I really, really like it. Uh, what do you think? I, you know, it, it, I, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, this is perfect. Absolutely perfect for the heat. Yeah. Perfect. Like it's, it's one of those things, Trey, where I, I, sometimes it's not the big trade you need. Sometimes it's the right trade and Miami does a lot of right trades. It's just been their history. And I think that Lillard's, interest would be let me try to put this the right way i th the way i perceive it is damian lillard was wanting to go to the heat because bam Adebayo is his friend and it wasn't necessarily for other things i honestly believe that he ends up going to to you know the uh the bucks and and they're doing what they're doing over there but I do think in the end, the Heat are better off now. You know, Rozier's not a, a, a game-changing player. You know, he's not going to hit the the, the dramatic game-ending shots like Damian Lillard is. But on a team that kind of runs like they do, you don't necessarily need that sort of thing. So for the Heat, on, from the Heat's perspective, I think it works per out perfectly for them. And then, the you know, the Hornets end up with another pick and a expiring contract. So, I mean, that's... Rare win-win trade, right? You have to think about what it would have cost the Heat to, to get Damian Lillard to. It would have cost right. Tyler Hero. It would have cost Jaime Hawkes and probably two to three first-round picks. So do you say, hmm, what is, which which would I rather have? Would I rather have Dean or would I rather have Rozier, Hero, and Hawkes? I think it's pretty obvious that you would rather have those three players Um Especially just like trade wise, you can easily you can, like if they want to get another player, they can just trade those guys too. Like having three medium contracts versus one big contract is better. So um, I really like what Miami's doing. Uh, yeah, I you know just to go back to Milwaukee, I've really not liked them all year. I've said they're not contenders, and um, I don't have a sample size yet with Doc Rivers, so I'm not going to go ahead and say that they are contenders now. I'm really just because I think. I think the Celtics and the Sixers and Miami are just above everyone else, especially if the Sixers get they 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 really can easily get a little bit better this this year by making a trade, whether it's Bruce Brown or some people have suggested Miles Bridges for them. 
I don't like that person as a human being, but probably, probably a good move. I, he's a expiring. So just be for this year. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, those are three really good teams. And in my, in my opinion, Milwaukee is more, um, in the level of a New York and Cleveland and they are in a, Miami, Boston, Philly, a mid team in the East, you know, mid, mid playoff team in the East. Um, okay. That's the, how they're playing. Here know. is, here is my, my big take for this podcast. The Knicks would beat the, the, uh, bucks in a playoff series. I firmly believe that the Knicks would kick the shit out of the bucks. I don't, I don't disagree with that. Um, we're the about Knicks to... are what the heat were last year. Kind of not, not, not fully, but like kind of. They're we're not about, that great, but they played really hard. Well, we're about to see tomorrow, as of this recording, the Nuggets play the Knicks. The Knicks play the Nuggets? Oh, yeah. The battle for my heart. <laughs> and it's going to be interesting. I have an to RJ see. Barrett uh, jersey hanging up in my closet. Yeah. A Knicks uh, RJ Barrett jersey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Bing bong. Um, you know, I, 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 I. <laughs> I think that you know, coming back to the heat, the heat just make the right trade. They just they always do that. I, I don't know who's the person pulling the strings there. I figure that Pat Riley has some sort of influence over, but he's very good at what he does. There's a reason that the Heat are always in contention, and that's one of the reasons is that they eventually make the smart deal. And people were making fun of them after they lost out on Dame Lillard. And I was like, they're going to do a trade. It's going to make them better. And it's not going to be the obvious trade. And and sure enough, that's exactly what happened. And feels, uh, Scary Terry is going to be perfect with them. Perfectly. This isn't like a one-for-one -one comparison because it's different. But when the Nuggets lost Jeremy Grant, it was DEFCON 1. You know, like mm -hmm. things are, it, it was the, the end of the world for Nuggets fans. And then you end right. up with Aaron Gordon for basically like the same amount of money um, that they ended up like extending him for, which is kind of relevant, but they only gave up Gary Harris. Um, and then what basically, basically became uh, RJ Hampton. And then I think this year's first round pick. So uh, that was a much better outcome for the Nuggets. A lot of times it's the trade you don't make. Mm -hmm. uh, that's been Danny Ainge's thing. Cause do you remember that Danny Ainge offered like four first round picks for, um, Oh God! It was uh, Justice Frank Winslow. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And he ended up with no. It was Justice Winslow. Yeah, and he ended up with um, Frank Kaminsky, right? No, no, that was uh, who Frank. Did he end the up tank with? was a Phoenix Sun, I think. Phoenix. Yeah. Now, who did he end up with? Because it was it, it. He ended up with some guy that wasn't in there, wasn't wasn't uh, on them for too long. But it was during that time where they had a bunch of mid firsts. <laughs> the Celtics had nothing but mid first round picks from that. They, big yeah, trade they missed the a Nets. lot of guys. Like, I remember James Young from Kentucky. Justice Winslow. Oh my God. Everyone knows my Justice, Justice Winslow. Winslow story, so I'm not going to get into that. Justice Winslow was like, <laughs> I, I feel like he'd be better today. You know, I feel like he, like he would be the perfect uh, Detroit Piston, someone who can handle yeah. the ball but not shoot. I mean, he's just a big Killian Hayes if you think about it. He really is. <laughs> he really is. He really is. Worst workout I've ever seen. Oh my God. He did himself no, no favors, but I, 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 you're right. And you know, on the other side, the, we saw them last night, the Indiana Pacers acquired uh, Pascal Siakam a, a few weeks ago. Um, Interesting trade. I, I think it was a bit of a gamble on the, the, uh, the Pacers part to, to go get someone who is 
that close to free agency. I mean, he's, he's got half a year left and he'll be a free agent and everything everyone in the league has been saying is that he was part of the reasons that there was some hesitation with trading for him is because he, there was some indication that he wanted to be a free agent. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Pacers do this because we saw the Pacers without Halliburton last night. This gave the Nuggets all they could handle. Um, Siakam didn't have a great game after the first quarter. Aaron Gordon kind of locked him. I didn't even think about him. Yep. That whole game. Yep. That's that's what I was thinking too. It's like, Aaron, AG kind of locked him down after the first quarter and he was not a factor. And it's interesting to to see. So what do you see with uh, Siakam on the uh, Pacers? Uh, From what I've seen so far this year, I don't have a lot of opinions because I think most of the games that, uh, Siakam has played up in with that Halliburton. Correct me if I'm wrong, anyone, but I think they've only played one game together. So uh, the sample size is tough in terms of what the team will actually be. But I mean, ultimately, if you're the Pacers, like you're not going to those th- three first round picks or whatever, whatever they they traded. Um, I mean, they're they're great hypothetically, but what are you actually going to trade for? Um, someone are you going to get someone better than Pascal Siakam for those and Bruce Brown this year? Probably not. It's not like you're going to trade for Donovan Mitchell. I don't think Mitchell was would probably be interested in Indiana. But from everything I've listened to and read, uh, it seemed like Siakam really wanted to be with the Pacers. I know the Kings were interested, and it seemed like Siakam just really, from all indications, said that he wanted to be in Indiana, which is cool. I feel like there's a little bit of a changing of the tide in terms of huge markets um, outside of outside of LA. LA still everyone wants to go there. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I like it for the Pacers basically because you sign Bruce Brown basically to use him as a traded asset, which I think is brilliant. Uh, you know, to quote Joe Bryden, uh, helps helps everyone, hurts no one. So uh, <laughs> I think you know Bruce Brown got twenty three million dollars out of this, whether he ends up on the Lakers or the Sixers or the Heat or wherever, um, or Toronto if he stays in Toronto, uh, he he got his money and. Hopefully, for a Nuggets perspective, he's back in Denver next year because it seems like he still loves it there. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it was a great trade for them. I I like watching the Pacers a lot. They've probably been my second favorite team to watch all year. And um, yeah, I, I like it for them. It's It's been kind of a so-so product, but I think we all remember when the, when the Clippers went 0-6. They started 0-6 after trading for James Harden and it seemed pretty funny. And now um, I guess this is a completely different conversation, but to me, they are the biggest threat to the nuggets in the West. So uh, wow. maybe don't take the first five games. So, so seriously, <laughs> seems like he'll seems like Siakam will be in Indiana for a while. Uh, you know, you bring up something uh, just as an, as an aside, my thing is you're seeing the fundamental flaws of the, Minnesota Timberwolves play out in front of us. A lot of their advantages had to do with their schedule. A lot of their advantages had to do with getting the right teams at the right time. And now that the schedule's turned against them, that's how also hurt them. Plus, man, if Mike Conley is not out there with them, they 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 just turn 20, into twenty twenty four, and Mike Conley is the is the most important player. By far, I mean, the most important player, most underrated player in the league, twenty sixteen, Mike Conley. 
Right. I love Mike Conley. <laughs> he seems awesome. And he's been around. He's, I think he was drafted in 2008, right? So that was, I mean, that, that man's been in the league as long as Jeff Green. And he has, uh, I mean, look at them now. And it really, it truly makes you think about Mike Conley and how good he is because there's a bunch of knuckleheads on that uh, that uh, Timberwolves team. And that you, they you, still see, seem... you see it play out that way. They still seem like such an obvious destination for Bones Highland to me. I know Adam Mares talked about that, but that's still seems that just seems like too obvious of a trade. Like right. that that has to happen. I mean, where is Bones? He's in he's in he's in purgatory right now. So yeah. uh yeah, I, I no, you know, to me, I guess if we're sh- shifting a little bit of a conversation to the West, uh yeah, you know, after since the last time we've spoken, I I I'm I, I'm not like fearing Minnesota. Um I, I think the Thunder are better than the uh, Timberwolves personally. In terms of a pretended matchup with Denver, I, I don't think the Thunder are very um, dangerous. But uh, yeah, to me, the Clippers really are that team that when if they are healthy, and it's always the if. But uh, man, I watched last night. I watched them beat the Lakers, and Kawhi Leonard is just playing like as well as he's ever played. Yep. And he, he's his usage isn't as high either. So. Like when he makes these turnaround step back jumpers, it's not like he has to make them or else they lose. Uh, they're really good and they're really good without Zubach right now still, which is dangerous. I mean, that team just said, are you whites? Are you seven feet tall? We want you on our team. And uh, they were helped because the Pacers just freaking bought out Tice. So uh, Plumley Zubach, interesting guy. If you hear him speak, that's all. That's all I will say on that matter. But uh yeah, I, I I think they're really good, but they have to be healthy, and that's always the thing. Um, yeah, but the NBA, the, there's a lot of talent this year. I think I think it's been a really fun season. Uh, the Lakers, you know, had their their in season tournament win. They they hung the banner, and that's it. I, I haven't taken a look at the Thunder schedule in a while, but I think they still have to play a bunch of road games, and they have played almost no back to backs, which is they almost which is lost. Insane. They almost lost to the Blazers last night. Oh my god! One they of the should have lost to the Blazers seen. last night. <laughs> One of the weirdest endings ever. Chauncey <laughs> to text Billups. I know Chauncey a little, and and to see him react like that is really weird. So he must have been really pissed off because he. Well, ne- I don't know if you watched never got it, technicals. I was watching this game live, and you know players will go into into the corner right by the refs and call the timeout, and that's what Brogdon did, and they just didn't recognize the timeout. So of course he traveled. And then they call the travel. And then that's when Chauncey Billups gets so upset. He's like, you, wh- why didn't you take that? And then they miss one of the th- two uh, free throws. The game's tied. And then Jalen Williams comes down and mm-hmm. just hits a shot. And it's your boy. It's crazy how much he reminds me. He's so good. It's crazy how much he reminds me of James Harden there. Just like, I think it's their facial structure more than anything. But uh, well, he does any strong yeah. like Harden is, he's, you know, he's, yeah. he's just good. He's just so yeah. he's such a like Swiss army knife player kind of. Mm-hmm. No, that's a, you know, I mean, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to derail us like, like this, but I, I, I just, I had that thought about, about the Minnesota Timberwolves after they lost. It's fine. I, after I don't have much else to say about Siakam. It's just been, they haven't played enough games, but I do like it for their long-term sustainability. Well, after after the the Timberwolves lost that Hornets game, and and Towns had that, everyone, uh, you we have a we've mentioned this is like the nineteenth time I've mentioned the our our group chat 
for the NBA, but I, I just, it, it, as soon as I saw him getting so many points, I'm like, they're going to lose this game. And that's the exact thought that I had. And lo and behold, they just couldn't organize at the end. And uh, just, I, it was just so predictable that they would lose that game. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, why am I scared of the Timberwolves? And I don't think it's necessarily because of that game. I was just like, why? I mean, I have respect for Tim Connolly, obviously, and all that stuff. But I was just like, why am I, why am I fearing this team that isn't ready? You know, and and specifically, Ant's not ready. He was Ant was was completely pedestrian in that game. Just that guy has some Jamal Murray in him, where he just is not consistent whatsoever during the regular season. Right playoffs, it seems like. I mean. In terms of the players that the Nuggets faced, I think he scared me as much as anyone did last postseason. Mm-hmm. Booker had that great had that great like two game stretch, but outside of Booker, Ed- Edwards, you know, when he's on, he's he's as good as anyone. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just to wrap us up here, and uh, once again, this is around the NBA with Trey. The the, the name rhymes. That's why we do it this way. Um, we we're coming into a critical stretch here. In February, okay, because February is right before the All Star break, and then we hit the home stretch after that, and we'll see. The Nuggets, you know, coming back to our team, the Nuggets, they're third place in the uh, Western Conference, and they're effectively tied with I mean, both teams. Yeah. So, are you are you okay with where the Nuggets are at right now? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the Nuggets went about a month without Jamal Murray. Um, I prefer to have the schedule way out so that they have so many road games at the beginning of the year, just because I have always had a crucial um, opinion with the Nuggets that I don't take them seriously until the calendar changes. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah. they they were pretty good, though. I mean, just to, like I felt like the first two weeks they were really, really good, and then they Jamal gets hurt and they kind of go in like a little bit of of a of a lull. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I think the Nuggets are in a territory where it doesn't matter so much the seeding um, as much as are they healthy, how are they playing, and uh, yeah, I, I feel pretty good about them. I there's an, I, it, As someone who likes and supports them, has a flag of them hanging up right to my left, um, I don't think there's a team in the NBA better than them. I, I think that they have the ability to execute when it matters the most better than any team in, in the NBA. Uh, that Nugget Celtics can really prove that the Jamal Murray Jokic pick and roll is everything that we've said it is. It's just when those two players are locked in, no one's beating them. Like no one is. Uh, they just need whether or not they need to make a trade. I'd probably say no, just because they're at like seven and a half guys right now. I think Christian Brown's half a guy. Um, Watson and Reggie, almost said Miller, Jackson are the other two. So if Brown becomes one person versus half a person, I think they're probably good. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe there's a slight, slight cosmetic trade to make. Uh, so yeah, I feel pretty good. Um, I don't think there's a team better than them, especially when they're when they're at all cylinders. No one's beating them. I'm I'm pretty confident in that. Oh, I was impressed by the Boston game. I was really yeah, that really was awesome. Impressed. I haven't felt like that regular season game like that all year. Probably probably since the Lakers game. Well, that was night. a that was a playoff game. That was a finals game. Is what that was. That they was played a lot of minutes. That was that was a where I mean and and I'm just Gordon gonna, played backup center. I don't want yes he did and I don't want P 
people in Philly coming after me for saying this, but you could tell they cared more about the Boston game than they did about the Philly game. They played you, like you the Nuggets in the Boston game. They didn't play like yeah. the Nuggets in the Sixers game. They never do. It's weird. I wish they would as a fan for bragging rights, but Oh, I said it on the podcast a couple of days. They, they don't they don't care enough about the Sixers. And that's that's one one hundred percent true. I don't know why. I mean, but it's clear that they don't have the same zeal. But when they got to Boston, and that game was nip tuck the entire way, it was. It's, I I loved the game. It was. It was impressive. It was great. It was, it's great. I think it got great ratings too. Yes, it did, and and there's a reason for that because it was just a damn good game all the way around. And I'm Friday night too. I yeah. I've always had a bone to pick with the NBA schedule, and that they don't put more, you know, prime time heavyweight battles on the weekends. Right. Like that, that's when people want to watch. It's freaking Saturday and Friday. I mean, some people are losers like me. They don't, they don't have anything to do. But, uh, you know, if, if you're just somewhere at a, like, I watched the first like, quarter of that game at, at a restaurant and then walked home and watched the rest. And it was awesome. It was a great Friday night. Oh, yeah. Maybe oh, had too much to drink, but it's fine. When I was growing up into my 20s, NBC had triple headers on Saturday. And, you know, when, and after NFL, they had triple headers Saturday, Sunday. And it was great. It was like destination. It was on the over the air. Everyone watched it. And that's why they, one, of the, one of the reasons the ratings were so high in the Jordan era is because they were just right on over the air cable or, or over the air channels. And it was great. And they were all on the weekends, all on the weekends. And I kind of miss that. You make an excellent point, Trey. You do. That's uh, well, and like the NBA will do like the Nuggets Sixers game is at 4 30. Eastern, I think, or maybe five thirty Eastern. Two, I, I don't remember the time zones, but it's like a it's like a more like a mid afternoon game, which I like. Kind of weird. I I don't think it's it, is that game on ESPN. I, I don't know. Um, that game on it's, Monday. That be it. No, it's Saturday. It's a week from Saturday. Oh, is it? Wait, no, it's this Saturday. It's this Saturday. Yeah, it's a Saturday because they come. No. Yeah, it is because I, I scheduled my whole Saturday around it. Oh shit. I, I need to. I have plans at 8 p.m. Here. now because the game's at 4:30. I think my time. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta get in the ball here. I, I'm supposed to be covering the Nuggets on this podcast. <laughs> well, let me just make sure. But yeah, um, uh, but yeah, I wish the NBA would do more weekend games or you know like like that Nuggets Sixers game on Saturday and then like one more at at night. Uh, yeah, okay. Nuggets Sixers is at 3:30 Mountain Time on Saturday. I think. Shit. That's one hour behind me, right? Yeah. Jesus. Jeff's gotta get his shit together. Well, you do. Going. And it's not on I don't I don't think it's uh tele oh no, it's on it's on uh ABC. Nice. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to that one because Embiid is not playing Denver in the Obama or in the Biden administration. Yes. So. This is this is true. All right. Well, uh Trey, episode three is in of the books. Uh so we'll be back yeah. intermittently. For uh, more around the NBA with Trey, schedules permitting. I hope everyone likes this. Your downloads are telling us that you do. So I really appreciate it. And I know Trey does too. So uh, we're going to keep doing this uh, as long as you guys keep listening. So for me, there's Trey. Uh, Thank you all for joining us. And we'll be back, uh, well, soon. Goodbye. 